We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you from the frozen, well, not quite frozen anymore. It is summertime up here in Minnesota. <laughs> now is the time to be there as it heats up down here in St. Louis. Well, Minnesota is the place to be. And who are you? <laughs> I am Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And I'm staying put right here, John, not traveling the globe like some people. Uh, just yeah, I, here in the Midwest, here in and I bet Louis. you, I bet you got your fan going and your big glass of frosty lemonade, don't you, man? Boy, I wish I was <laughs> in Minnesota now. <laughs> That's right. I remember summers in St. Louis, and and together, Matt and I make up of wrestling, wrestling with the basics. With the basics. Uh, of course, you know Jerry. Jerry is our writer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. If you like any of our material, we're getting it from my uh, uh, father-in-law, Jerry Raymond, who is really sweating because he's all the way down in Florida. And we keep telling him he needs to come up and visit us in Minnesota. And he says, oh, you're a bunch of Eskimos up there. <laughs> That's what he tells us. So he likes it. He likes it hot. Uh, and by the way, happy birthday, Jerry. Jerry just turned 95 years oh, last week. Oh, wow. 95 years Happy old. Happy birthday, Jerry. That's that's fantastic. So I, I get the email from Jerry, and I'm thinking we're going to have some really deep theological stuff, right? Because oh, sure. the title of it is, let me, if I, I can't, Paraprostokians. Para Parapostokians. Sounds Greek. It sounds uh, biblical even, perhaps. Well, that's what, I, that's what I thought. Well, my goodness, where, where did you start getting into this heavy theological stuff? Well, I should have known better, <laughs> because apparently a, a paraprosdokian is a figure of speech in which the latter part of a sentence or phrase is surprising or unexpectedly, and is, we hope anyway, frequently humorous. <laughs> we certainly hope about that last part, that well, it won't just be su surprising, but it'll be humorous. Yes. Thanks to Jerry, I think we've got a good shot. So, all right. Did you find it? Was there any that struck you there in, yeah. in Jerry's list of paraprostokians? These are clever because it's like, yeah, I know where this phrase is going, but then, whoa, no, there's a there's a twist, right? So, yeah, for example, yeah. here's one. Uh, the last thing I want to do is hurt you, but it's still on my list. <laughs> <laughs> it might be down pretty far on the yeah. list, but it's on the list. I like that. That's good. All right. Well, I'll give you another one. Where there's a will... I want to be in it. All right. You got another one there? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Here's one about uh, war does not determine who is right, only who is left. Oh, <laughs> see, that's actually, that's kind of, that might actually take a little thought there. That's a little bit weighty. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me see if I can that's find That's a thinker, that one. <laughs> Well, I, I like this one. In filling out an application where it says, in case of emergency, notify, I answered a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you want to notify? 
<laughs> so, okay, let me do another one a little more lighthearted right, right, here. Right, knowledge, right. knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much, Jerry. So even at 95, Jerry is still coming up with good material for us. And you've got some good material. You have something you wanted to talk about. You, you did this at a sermon, I'm assuming, or how did you come on to this particular subject? Well, and I think it's kind of cool. So the the end as we wrap up the the season of Easter, right? You know, toward the end yeah. of Easter, the uh, the gospel reading. I think it's kind of interesting. The gospel reading is uh, something that happens pre-Easter, okay? Yeah, uh, but yeah. an important one uh, from John seventeen. And what this is is sometimes it's called Jesus' high priestly prayer. So Jesus is praying this prayer the night he was betrayed, and it, it's a pretty lengthy prayer. Uh, and it is, it is, yeah, it really is. And, and Jesus covers a lot of ground in this prayer. He prays for his disciples. He prays for us. I think that's kind of cool. He yes, prays for yes. those who will believe in him through their witness. That includes us today. Um, so he, he talks. Uh, you know, he's praying to, to his Father in heaven, and he uses a word that I want to focus in on today. And the word is is world, world. All right. Um, he talks about the world quite a bit. So. Um, Kind of to get us started here, John, to, to, to set the scene, you know, have you noticed that lately uh, a lot of people are talking about leaving the earth <laughs> and going into <laughs> outer space? Have you heard oh, yeah. that talk? I've, I've got my name in there with, what is it, Elon Musk or, or <laughs> one of those guys? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah so, I sent that in. I, I entered the contest, sent in my... <laughs> fantastic. So yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good old Elon, right? Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, so he's planning to colonize Mars. That's his big thing is we're going to colonize Mars, you know. And, uh, you know, that that's a little, I don't know, that still seems a little far-fetched to me. But, but what's not so far-fetched is in Australia, I just read, uh, they are sending people on what they call flights to nowhere. So you you get on a plane, and because of COVID and travel restrictions, I suppose, you take this flight way up to high altitudes, above 40,000 feet, and you see like the, the super moon there in Australia, and you go up high enough to see that, and then you, you come back down and you land the exact same place where you took off. So you don't go, <laughs> you go up, I guess, but not anywhere else, right? Um, that sounds like my life. Flight <laughs> <laughs> to nowhere. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, people are eager to, to kind of escape the world, escape Earth. I think that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can only imagine what the view is like from Mars or from one of those uh, flights to nowhere. But the uh, the view that is most famous of of out from outer space is this picture. And I wish I could show you over the radio, but you know, we well, hold it up to the just, mic. Okay, I just need to hold closer to the mic. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, John. Right. Thank you. Yeah, you've been I doing this longer than I have. Yeah, um, this radio <laughs> stuff. Uh, but this, this picture is called Earthrise. And it was yeah. taken by the crew of Apollo 8. You might know what I'm talking about. but I know what you're talking about. You've so, seen that. Everyone's probably yeah. seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So you see the surface of the moon in the foreground, and it looks like the Earth is rising over the moon. And it's this really this neat image. I mean, it's been on postage stamps. It was on the cover of, cover of Time magazine. And and the, the neat thing is, like, you really don't see any stars. It's just like the Earth is hanging out there in the darkness of outer space is kind of floating. So it, it's kind of cool. Um, the, one of the, the astronauts, uh, Frank Borman, who was on the, uh, the trip, 
he he writes about that and he says, um, we learned a lot about the moon, he says, but what we really learned was about the earth. Uh, the fact that from the distance of the moon, you can put your thumb up <laughs> and hide the earth behind your thumb. Everything you've ever known, your loved ones, your business, the problems on earth itself, all behind your thumb, you know. I think that's kind of a neat quote. You can look at, you can kind of imagine that. Uh, they're from the moon and outer space. You can just put your thumb up and, and hide the earth behind it. It's just that little, that that change in perspective. Um, so the, the reason I bring all this up, John, because I know you, I know you're wondering, okay, what's your point? Get to the point. <laughs> is there a point Young to this? Blood, right? Yes. And yes. The, the point is just simply, uh, what is God's view of the world? What's God's ah. view of the world? Good, and, good. and, you know, how does God Because he's at way the up there, you know? He's, yeah, he's, he's way up in further, the heavens. He's further than so, Mars right now. Yeah, well, so if these guys are just at the moon and it looks like the size of your thumb, it must look like a really teeny tiny thing to God. Doesn't that put things in perspective? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Of course, he's got really good vision, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's God's view of the world? So to find that out, right, we, we don't just look to pictures of the earth. We look to the pages of scripture, and when we open up the scriptures, the the word world, uh, at least in the English Standard Version of the Bible, uh, that's the one we use a lot in worship, uh, at least here at Ascension, uh, it appears, the word world, you, you want to guess how many times it appears in the Bible, John? I, I have no idea, but you think I think you're going to tell me. Is it? Yeah, I, I am. It's it's. 233 times. 233 which, times. Which I kind of thought it'd be more, but it's 233 times, whole Bible. Um, yeah. Now, you'll get this one. Guess, guess which book of the Bible the the word world appears in the most. What do you well, think? Well, since you told me to look up John chapter 17, <laughs> I'm going to guess the Gospel of John. <laughs> Bingo. Yep. Yeah. John's Gospel. So John's Gospel alone, 61 times. <clears throat> which is which is a lot. There's one if you got 66 books, and it's only in there 233 times, and it's 61 times in John. That's a lot. That's a lot. And 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 if I could interject, I think it's interesting that the Greek word that you're talking about there has actually been taken over into our English language. Oh yeah, because the Greek word is cosmos. Cosmos, yeah. And exactly. we talk about the cosmos all the time. Yep. Well, now yep. you know what you're talking about. You're talking about the the word that's in the Bible there. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So in our reading today that I want to focus, so what I want to focus on today, John, is, is how is the word world used in John's gospel? Okay. But then specifically how it's used in Jesus' prayer that's also found in John's gospel. So let's read that now. So here's Jesus' prayer. Let's just kind of read it start to finish. And, um, um, you know, we'll, you'll like kind of listen for that word uh, world. Listen for that word world. Okay. And, and let's see. Why don't you go ahead and start with verse verse uh oh let's see um let's start with verse uh let's see here john i guess <laughs> i guess 11 go ahead 11 to 19 go ahead all right it's 11. all good stuff right in the bible <laughs> so, no wait a second john 11 verse 19 no no no, no, no. john 17 verse 11 through 19. okay yeah <laughs> oh through yeah, 19 sorry. yeah okay uh and i am no longer in the world but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. So there's two cosmoses there. Already, yeah. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost. Am I, am I doing all right here? You're doing uh, great, John. 
except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, there it is again, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Man, he uses the word a lot there, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. But that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. All right. Woo! So yeah, the world wow. comes up a bunch of times just in this, this short section of this prayer. And I think, John, frankly, it's it's a little confusing, you know, because it, they're not of this world, just I'm not of the world. Don't take them out of the world, though. Um, send, yeah. I'm sending them to the world. You know, what, what? how do we understand this? All right. So that's what we want to unpack today is, is how does God view the world? What, what are we talking about here? So I want to talk about three things, three ways that God views the world. All right. Uh, looking at this prayer, looking at John's gospel. So the, the, the first thing is that God views the world as as fallen. Okay. Yeah. We, we hear yeah. that a lot. I think, you know, even in our preaching, John, we, we do that, don't we? You know, that don't be like the world, you know, and uh, we kind of use the world as shorthand for fallenness, uh, for for evil. Um, you know, the world, again, uh, perfect at creation, but certainly fallen after sin enters into the world. Um, there's a, another another quote real quick from Apollo 8, that mission um, the one of the astronauts said, the view of the Earth from the moon fascinated me, a small disk 240,000 miles away. It was hard to think that this little thing held so many problems, so many frustrations, raging nationalistic interests, famines, wars, pestilence. But you can't see those from that distance. You know, again, he's, he's you know, the astronaut's just recognizing that, yeah, the world has fallen, you know, that oh, the, the, all the, the just a mess that happens on this Earth. And then, yeah, <clears throat> Matt, yeah, I was, well, we, we, we kind of talked on this subject a few weeks ago when mm -hmm. I was preaching. And, and, and the fact that if, if anything good happens, if any of our listeners have anything happy, blessed that happens today, that, 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 that's come straight from God because it didn't come from the world. I, yep. I, I think we forget that, that the world, like you say, is so corrupted, it is incapable of giving us anything good anymore. It, it, it's despite the world and because of God's grace that there are any blessings here. You're right. I, I don't think we appreciate that, how totally sin corrupted the world. Exactly. Uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, it has yeah. fallen. And, and, you know, along that line, uh, another verse, again, looking at John's gospel and how he uses the word world, uh, John 14, verse 30, Jesus talks about who the ruler of this world is, if you want to read that. Yeah, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it's talking about Satan. That's what it's talking about. He's the ruler. Exactly. Yeah. So the ruler of this world is is the devil. And then in this world that's ruled by Satan, that's fallen, that's imperfect, um, some have rejected Christ. Um, so here's here's a few verses here about the world and their response to, to Jesus. So if you want to read uh, those verses from John's Gospel. Well, well, and even before we read those verses, I would refer back to the verses you had me read earlier, where it says, the world hates hates you, and it hates me, <laughs> Jesus says. Yeah. So yeah, why would you... Ex and you know, it, we, we're surprised when bad things happen. And man, there's been a lot of <clears throat> bad things happening lately. 
Uh, but we shouldn't be surprised because, yeah, what, what else you got? You got the world that's fallen, like you said, and you've got the devil. And, and we know the devil doesn't want to do good for us. So what do you want to do? John 1, 10? You want John? Uh, yeah, yeah you want? John 1, verse 10. Yeah. Or- All right. Jesus, the word, was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. You want me to keep reading? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, just I mean, the, yeah, but the, the, just this is so profound. You know, Jesus even made this world, right? And yet yeah. the world wouldn't didn't know him. They, they rejected him. Yeah, when he comes into the world. Yeah, go ahead. And John three nineteen, uh, and this is the judgment: the light has come into the world. Okay, again, Jesus, I'm the light of the world. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light. Yeah. And here's the one that's similar to what's actually in John 17, yep. John 15, 18. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't yeah. be surprised, right? That's um, right. As followers of Jesus, if the world hates you. And like you said, you point out twice in that prayer that we heard earlier from John 17, you know, Jesus says, they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. So, I mean, I think Jesus makes it pretty clear. It's it's one or the other, right? You are either of the world or you're not of the world. You're either have as your ruler Satan or your ruler is your savior. Uh, you're either in unbelief or you're in faith. That's it. You know, there's no middle ground. You know, that's it. Um, th- that that's, that's part of the point here. There's a, um, a hymn verse that really uh, is pretty poignant, I think, uh, that hymn built on the rock, the church shall stand. The, the last stanza of that verse, kind of that hymn always kind of gets me. It says, um, it's like Jesus is speaking to us as we sing this hymn. And it says, I know my own, my own know me. You, not the world, my face shall see. My peace I leave with you. Amen. <laughs> so even, yeah, you know, in yeah. that hymn, recognizing that, yeah, in the end, uh, the world ain't going to see Jesus' face, you know, uh, in, in unbelief. But it's it's those who are in Christ. It's those who are in faith. Um, so, yeah, God looks at the world and it's it's fallen. So that's kind of point number one. All right. Well, um, and, and I think what's interesting is you could rephrase that and say, and the world looks at God and, and hates him. Yeah. And all those that follow him. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. What's our, that, I think that's the end of the other side of the coin, maybe. How does God view the world? Okay. That's a good question. But then the other question is, well, how do, how do we view God? How does the world view God? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, number two. All right. Number two. God views the world as loved, as love. That's, that's important too. Um, and I, it kind of sounds like a paradox, doesn't it, John? You know, that these two things can't both be true. How, do, how does God see the world as fallen, but he also sees it as love? And yet he does. He does. Um, yeah, there. Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Last quote from an astronaut here. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. I promise. <laughs> this is Alan Shepard, and he says, uh, "If someone had said before the flight, uh, are you going to get carried away looking back at the Earth from the Moon?' I would have said, "No, no way." But yet, the first time I looked back at Earth standing on the Moon, I cried. <laughs> you know, and you, you think of that, and you think of. Um, you know, when God sees the world in its fallenness, its imperfection, and its hurt, its mess, uh, does God cry? You know, does God cry and shed tears Aww. out of love for the world? And and I think I think He does. You know, I think Jesus did. Right? We hear about how He weeps over Jerusalem. Even He does cry. Yeah. Um, how often I would have gathered you, yeah, exactly. but you would not. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And so. Yeah, and Jesus wouldn't cry over Jerusalem if he didn't care about it, but he does. He loves the people there. He loves the people on the earth. He loves us. 
Uh, thanks be to God. So yeah, the, the book of John has a lot of verses about the fallenness of the world. No doubt about it. We just heard him. But I think the most powerful verses in John's gospel about God's love for the world. Um, so here's here's three of those. I think they really express God's love for the world. If you could read those from John's gospel. So John 1, 29, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And John 12, 47, this is Jesus speaking. I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. And of course, uh, the all-time favorite Bible passage, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Yeah. So the world is is fallen. It's a mess, no doubt about it, but it's also loved. And that's that's why Jesus descended into the world. That's why he lived in the world. That's why he preached in the world. That's why he died for the world, that Lamb of God. Uh, that's why he rose for the world. That's why he ascended from the world. And that's why one day he's going to return to the world uh, to make it new so that it's not fallen anymore, so that it will never, ever be fallen again uh, to renew that world. So I think that's that's so important. Um, yeah, the world has fallen, but God also sees the world as as loved. And, and more importantly, even perhaps as he sees you as loved, as someone living in this world. Yeah, you know, Matt, that's what always impressed me, because I've actually uh, done this same word study uh, before. And, and so, like you said, when you read the Gospel of John, the world is not, it is not a good thing, okay? No, no. There's verse after verse that talks about the, the sinfulness of the world. And like, like I said, the hatred that the world has for God. And yet, what? Like you said, God loved the world. See that that's the thing you gotta understand. Uh our our sinfulness, that that doesn't change the heart of God. It just doesn't. Uh he in fact, you know, I always love that passage too. What does God want to do with the wicked? Well, I know what I want to do with the wicked. <laughs> I got a place for the wicked. I'll tell you where the wicked <laughs> yeah. should go. And yet the Bible says, No, God does not desire the death even of the wicked, but that they would repent and live. That that's what he wants. So Yeah. Incredible, incredible. Disgrace, mercy, love. Yeah. yeah. And then, just, and, and precisely yeah. for the thing that no one would think anyone would love. That's what's so yes. striking about it. But yes. he does. And so, trust me, he loves you and me too, even yeah. though sometimes maybe we don't feel like we deserve that. But he will, and he always will. Yeah. yeah. And that, the, the fact that the world has fallen makes God's love for it yeah. that profound, you know, exactly. Um, just to wrap up, uh, last, last one uh, God views the world as. The place where he sends us, the place where he sends us. So that's that's you. You read it earlier, John, in the the prayer that Jesus says uh, to his Father, "You sent me into the world, uh, so I have sent them into the world." And we're sent. We're sent to be Jesus' witnesses. We're sent to share Christ with the world. Um, You know, the sometimes that seems a little overwhelming. (laughs) You know, we have uh, 7.6 billion people on Earth, uh, give or take a few right now. 5.3 5.3 billion aren't Christians. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Uh, but yet we are sent. And the reason that much of the reason God allows the earth to keep spinning and the earth to still hang there in that darkness of outer space is so that we can share Christ to the world, so that we can be sent out into the world. But but the beautiful thing is when we do feel overwhelmed at the enormity of that task is this. Um, that as we do it, Jesus is praying for us. I think that's beautiful. Oh, 
Um, he's, we heard it in the prayer from John 17. Jesus prays, Father, keep them from the evil one. Keep them safe, right? Sanctify them in the truth, Jesus prays. Your word is truth. So we're not alone in our witness. Um, we're not alone as we're being sent. Um, Jesus prays for us. He prays that we're kept from the evil one, the rule of this world, that we're kept safe. But he also prays that we stay in his word, that we stay in his word, that we're sanctified in that truth. So that what a comfort, what a comfort uh, that, yeah, this world has fallen, this world is love, this world we're sent into. And as we're sent, uh, we're not alone. Jesus is even praying for us to be preserved and kept safe from the evil one and to be steadfast uh, in his word. So, yeah, hopefully some insights today for our listeners about how God views the world and how that word is used in, in the Gospel of John. Well, thank you very much, Matt. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. basics.